Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. You got, we got to make babies, which in a sense is duplicating the really good employees that you have. And you have to have that bench ready. You know, Patrick Mahomes came off the draft, sat in there, and then on the very last game that didn't make a difference, he stepped in, played against Denver, and everybody's like, who is that? They developed him. And when he was ready, he got to go out and play. And and that's kind of like my next goals for the next 10 years. As far as me personally, I'd be making it up. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm having a blast right now. I'm yeah. having a lot of fun. It's challenging. It's exciting to get up in the morning. And when it's not exciting to get up in the morning, I'll make a change. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Guys, welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde, and boy, do we have a special guest, my brother from another mother, <laughs> the main man of the hour, Chris Vincent is in the house. What's up, my friend? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I've been, I've been wanting to have Chris on the show for a long time. Finally, we're here. First of all, for those of you guys that are new to the show, the, the Greatest Machine, we're about two things. We're about people who are living their passions and people who are creating greatness in the world and doing so despite the odds. And I will tell you this, Chris, the, the, when I think of greatness and I think of people that have lived their passions and created greatness in the world, literally you're top five on my list, man. So I'm, I'm so I'm so proud to have you here and, and, and I'm really excited for us to have this show. So thanks for coming, man. We're going to have some fun. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm excited. Now that I know what this show is a little bit more about, like I'm going to have to watch this every single time because I think there's great nuggets <laughs> inside this show. And uh, like I, I'm probably more excited than you are. <laughs> Well, let's let's chop, hop right into it. So, for those of you that don't know, Chris, uh, Chris and I, we work together. We do a little bit of work together. I, I actually get to get the honor of coaching him and uh, working with him and advising him in his business. I'm, as we all know, a recovering mortgage CEO, and he is a mortgage CEO. But the, one of the reasons I asked him to be on the show was I've gotten we've, we've been hanging out together for about, about eighteen months now. So, so you know, you spend time with people for eighteen months, you get to know them, and and Chris. I've watched someone who I didn't know. I got introduced through a friend of ours who was one of your former coaches, mm-hmm. right? Kaizen. And it was really an honor to, to, to get to meet you. And then to really see what, what you know, Chris is someone who 
if I was to say, you know, top two or three people who I've seen build an amazing sales organization, like really from the ground up, Chris is top of that list. And so I, I when I started, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and, and business people that listen to the show. I thought, you know, like there's a lot to be learned from Chris as far as how do you build an amazing sales organization? And you've done it at Windsor Mortgage, which is part, part of Plains Commerce Bank. What I'd love to do is kind of give your background, your formal bio, if you're cool with that, and then we'll jump into the show. Great, you guys. So like with humble beginnings in 2001 to coaching mortgage professionals across the country, Chris Vinson has an undeniable passion for helping others succeed. He is the mastermind behind the mortgage division at Plains Commerce Bank. And over the past two decades, Chris has developed a team that generates billions of dollars in originations per, per year, focusing on customer service and state-of-the-art technology. He's the CEO of Windsor Mortgage, which is that mortgage division. And uh, is it right? You're, you're on the board of directors of the bank as well. Is that correct, my friend? Yeah, they always say, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> so, you know, I want to start from the beginning, man, because you have so many great stories. But how did you get started in, you know, to becoming the CEO of a, within a bank, right? I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. And, 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 I, and I know your backstory, but I'd love for you to give our listeners some of your backstory on what got you started in business and how you've kind of transformed that into what you're doing right now. I really, uh, you're going to get me emotional because you always, it's going to come back all the way back. So listen, I started selling in fifth grade. Uh, my mom and dad owned a stereo store. My mom and dad were never really wealthy, but I felt it. And this, for those of you that are on the call that would ever remember the super tuners that went underneath the dash and you like bolted them underneath and there was this cassette player and you put these six by nines in the back and like you had the stereo. That's what I sold. And my dad had this test and I had to pass the test. And once I passed the test, I could start to sell car stereos. Uh, my parents sold that business senior in high school. I went to college for one semester. So I'm probably the dumbest guy on the whole call. And, and then I went to sell cars. And that's where I really learned to think outside of the box. I was 19. I couldn't figure out all I cared about was not making money, but was driving the best demo, Darius. All I cared about was I wanted to drive the IROC. Oh, wait, wait, was, was, it, was this a, so IROC was a Chevy or is that? Part yeah. And uh, now I know you're not a car guy. Uh, it, a Chevrolet Camaro IROC. That's right. Those? That's right. That's right. This was in the 91. Yeah. No, dude, I, I am actually a car guy. I was just forgetting if, because Pontiac had a Firebird. And okay. I, and, and, I, and I was mixed. Yeah. And they were similar. So I was forgetting which one was the IROC. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. And so he's like, my dad was like, Chris, you need more leads than anyone else in the whole dealership. If you have the most leads, you will get the most sales. I go, how am I going to do that? He goes, I want you to call every service person that went through that service line the day before and survey them for the service director and then ask them if they want to sell that car. And I started filling my calendar. And I started getting more leads, which then in return, I started selling more cars. I did have about 15 car salespeople ready to kill me because they thought I was stealing their customer. And I would say, well, if you had good follow-up, I would never get that customer. Yeah. I then uh, went into insurance. My dad was uh, also had an insurance agency in South Dakota. And I thought I'd follow in his footsteps, got married, transferred to insurance and failed. Well, wait, so I, I mean, Failed. I, I can't, I got to say this. I, I mean, I know you, man, like you, first of all, so 
I have an inside scoop on 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 Chris because I'm because I get to coach him, and and we use Strength Finder as one of our tools we use. So for those of you guys that are not familiar with Gallup's Strength Finder, tells you the top thirty four talents, and I want to say like your number one or number two is competitive or competition, right? So like I don't even think failure is a word you that's in your vocabulary. So when you say this to me, and by the way, this is the first time I ever heard this story, so I did not know this about you. When you say fail, like that I don't I don't believe you. Please like elaborate. Fail. But I don't believe you. Like quit short of being fired. Wow. Sitting on the footsteps crying and telling my wife as my daughter's two at the time and my son is going to be born in 4 months that we're broke. I've hid it from you. We're going to have to sell everything and start all over. Wow. And it was one of the lowest points in my life. What maybe the lowest. Let me ask you a question because again, being someone that's really competitive and being someone who's 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 a hard worker and good at sales, what what do you think it was that why do you think you quote unquote failed at that? I let distractions get in. I wasn't focused. I was wanting to play more than than really truly work. I was young. I was mid uh I would say mid twenties at the time. And my dad said this. I think this will explain it the best. He goes, Chris, you know, you're a world champion spender and you're probably the world's worst saver. And the two of those got you. Oh, okay. And and because of that, you couldn't focus. Because of that, you weren't doing the work. And and I lost it. And I think it I think all of us maybe have a time in life where maybe we failed and and it's the hardest lesson and yet the best lesson. Yeah. And uh, so I started in a mortgage by an accident. Maybe if you're in mortgage or in another business or how you got your path, maybe you got there because it was all well-planned. Well, me, it was an accident. A friend of mine had opened up a mortgage company and he says, come work for me. I'll teach it to you. And that's, that's how I started a mortgage. What, what year is this? This was 2000. Okay. Okay, cool. And uh, so I started a mortgage. My first two weeks, he says to me, he says, I went into his office. I remember this. I said, Chris, I said, his name is Paul. And he goes, what's up, Chris? And I says, hey, I got, I got one question. This might sound weird, but I have to know. Like, first of all, I got to say thank you. Second, I freaking love it. But I want to know. I want to know. If I want to be the best, how do I do it? And he goes, Chris, it's like this. Picture yourself as Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street. Sitting in your can. If you want to be successful, just have a big sign that says money for sale. (laughs) And you got it. I went back to my office. To this day, I have Oscar the Grouch. I had a girl paint it for me so that I could remind myself that's not true. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of variables uh, that I have learned along the way. And I I am a guy that has to learn the hard way. And so I have to kick the knock. But so I started with him. And eventually, my wife and I had a dream to start our own uh, mortgage company. And uh, we started our own mortgage company called Journey Mortgage, which is really not because of the band, but because of how we got there. And uh, my wife came from Wells Fargo Mortgage. And she had a background and really had a great vision of how to take good care of a customer. And I knew I knew how to sell it and get a loan. And uh, so we started. 
in uh, this would be 01 now. Uh, I still have uh, several employees from 01. Wow. To this day. In 08, we built it up. In 08, uh, I was like, okay, I am not going to disclose the way it's going to change. I didn't know what 09 was going to look like, but I knew I didn't want to disclose that way. And I was looking for another partner. So I went to two banks and one bank's like, we don't understand. And the second bank's like, yeah, we're terrible at mortgage. We like alternative ways to earn income. And we're getting out of the credit card industry. And we would be totally interested, but we want to buy you. Okay. And so that's how I got to Plains Commerce Bank. And that would be December 31st, 2008. Well, and so December, well, December 31st, 2008, you, Plains buys you. Mm-hmm. And you, and at that point, was it that the business by itself was just not successful and, and you needed like a financial backing of a bank? Why did you make that decision? Yeah. So, I mean, we weren't big or nothing. We were just a small broker shop doing maybe 13, 14 million a month. And there was like seven originators, but I didn't want to, I, I just felt like I get swallowed up in borrower paid. And that was kind of how the whole, and I actually thought, uh, Maybe I'm naive or I was being dumb, but I just thought that it was going to be hard to stay open as a broker. Yeah, but well, back then, especially that, I mean, again, we're, we're diving down the, the mortgage rabbit hole. Like, I mean, I think I shut my, I, I merged my shop into another shop in December of 09, a year later for the yeah. same, for the same reason, because yeah, that, that was a whole different world. So you, so you ended up at Plains. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously that's walk us through that. Cause that's been a really big journey for you. So I have this five-year contract with him and I had one goal to get market share. It's all I cared about was if I could get be number one in market share, that would be like success for me. Uh, I got market share in 12, 2012. And so it took a lot. It took a lot. I, some of the things I did before, if you want a good giggle, uh, in 09, I created Don't Rent From Joe YouTube videos. And I found this guy in a blockbuster video store and I hired him because he looked like the traditional guy that took care of apartment buildings. <laughs> and I built these stories in this, I would call it a series of videos. It was just two, it was just way before it's time. He's mad at us because we're stealing his renters to get him into home homes. And so he's like picketing us uh, all the time. And we would create all these videos. He came in, he, he was going to, you know, tear up the place. And we went to his apartment that we created called Shady Manor. And we just had a lot of fun with it as we started to really work down that thing. There's no, no trick in the mortgage business. The trick is just relationships, whatever business you're in. I think, I think the key to all of us is, is how good are we at getting creating and keeping in relationship. Right. And uh, shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stopped me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose 
itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. So 12, we got market share. Uh, We've kept it ever since. I think we have 25% of, of the whole state of wow. South Dakota, which is not that sexy since we have only a million people. I mean, there's more people in your town, Darius, than the state of South Dakota. Yeah, but if someone told me they had 25% of the business of Austin, Texas, I, I would say like, that's impressive. You know, I mean, that it, it, that it's still a 25% of a million, right? That, that's, that, right. that is impressive. In 14, I was going to quit. So, so hold on. So oh, oh, January 1st, 09, you hang your shingle on the wall at, at Plains and then fast forward five years later, and you're like, I'm tapping out. Why? What happened? I felt lost. I felt like I couldn't lead. I felt like um, I didn't know what I wanted. Uh, I had fear of I wasn't going to go broke. Uh, I learned my lesson from 2020 but or from 2000, but I had no joy. I had uh, I just didn't know what I wanted. And it was that where I was introduced to my very first coach. And that's why I believe in coaching. I I actually have two coaches, yourself and and another coach. And and we coach on two different subjects. Um, I feel like the greatest golfers in the world have coaches. Uh, uh, It would be weird that a football team went out and played, but they didn't have coaches. 
And I believe in that we're all sheep and we need to be led. And we also need to lead our sheep because if we don't, uh, they get lost or, or they die. So I hired a coach. So is this, is this Rick when you started working with, yep, with Rick this, Ruby? I hired Rick. I hired Rick Ruby. And, um, you know, Rick's a, a, a big hearted, very tough, very direct, but very simple uh, coach. And it was really that time of he really taught me a system and how, how to come into play. And I think his system probably works in any business, but he helped me lead. He, he helped me um, lead by example. And uh, it was that where we really started to gain even more momentum. So, so in 14, so you, you, you've kind of like, man, this isn't working for me. It was, it, you, it sounds like you were at, this is what, eight years ago. So you were, you're, you're like kind of a midlife, right. And, and you're questioning, is it that you weren't getting this? I mean, you're a very competitive person. Was it that you weren't getting the traction that you wanted? Well, what was it that made you feel lost at that point? I think that sometimes in life where winning, I love to win. I'm like screwed up. You already know my straight back. I have to win. And then you have to tell me good job. Right. I was really messed up and I wasn't getting either one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't see a path out. And so I was like going to tap out. So with, with your team, I want to ask a question because, because I, I obviously, since we know each other so well, I know what's going on in your world today. But back then when you were in that headspace and when you were, you know, you you still had people working for you. Mm-hmm. How did you feel like you were leading them at that point when you were in that headspace? Well, I wasn't. So you were just kind of showing up, going through the motions, not not passionate about what you're doing. Probably again to your point, questioning why you're there, what you want to do. What, what did you think about doing as opposed to to being in the in the game? Like, what what, what other options were you looking at then? You know, I I wasn't. Oh, you were just like questioning. I don't know yeah. what I just got to go find what I needed to do to fill it up. And I never said anything to anyone. I never told my wife. Uh, uh, I never told an employee. I was embarrassed that I'm feeling this way. I would ask myself, why are you feeling this way? It wasn't like I was failing. I mean, we were, we had doubled right at that time. We were doing 25 or 30 million a month and we had market share and uh, we had, we had, you know, a great set of LOs and, uh, most of those LOs uh, are still with me today, and I just felt like I didn't have it. Maybe, maybe because I didn't feel like I have it, and I felt like I couldn't win anymore. That bothered me even more. Uh, I look back and I go, "Man, that was silly." Well, but, yeah, I mean, but you know what, though, I mean, especially if you're a person that needs to get that part of your soul fed, you know, when if you're if you kind of hitting the ceiling and you're not seeing. You know, they say hope is, you know, hope's a very powerful drug, right? So, yeah. so it sounds like you probably had lost hope in your ability to, to, to win or do what it that you wanted to do. Does that, does that feel right to you? Yeah, I, I just felt like it was, um, I couldn't win. I didn't feel like I was giving value. And I was in the beginning stages of what would it look like if I ended the end of my contract? Oh, wow. Okay. And I met Rick and uh, started to get to play and learn and that was probably the pivotal point in my life i was making money but not really money not that money's the answer to winning or or to oh money will make you happy 
sure makes things easier, but it doesn't, it doesn't make you happy. I, I learned that lesson along the way as well, but yeah. So I hired Rick and uh, that's when things started to grow. What, what, what was the big change with him right away? What did you, well, it was an infrastructure of putting into play how to manage great salespeople. I think I could do a good job of managing myself, but I wasn't doing a good job of managing the others. And uh, I think the hardest word for most companies is holding their employees accountable, yet it's the one thing that they want. Employee wants to know if they win or if, if they lost. And uh, you could whoop them if they lost, or you could walk through and help them figure out a way to win. Right. And that was the beginning stages of figuring that out. Like last week we taught, don't get stuck. Cause we think in our industry, uh, a lot of people are getting stuck. They're getting tied up in, you know, what is being said or what's happening in the industry instead of working on what they can control. Right. right. <laughs> you know, like a farmer, right. A farmer can't control the weather. A farmer can't control anything other than just do the work, be diligent. And um, they have to deal with the cards that's dealt and overcome adversity. And I feel like we all need to be a little bit more like a farmer. Oh, I love that analogy, man. It's, it's That's probably one of the best analogies I've ever heard of when it comes to like be, being an entrepreneur or, I mean, especially mortgage, which the which the weather changes quite often. But but in, in the world of business, the weather changes quite often, to your point. And and that's such a great analogy. And so so with with Rick, you you got in with him. He started teaching you a structure on how uh, on how to manage great salespeople and manage them up. What walk me through what like what happened in the business when you when you started implementing these processes and structures? Well, I think the first step was getting everybody to buy in, and I had to do it myself. They had to watch me do it. If I'm going to have them do something and I'm not doing it, it was going to be harder for them to to buy in. So buy into a process and change, holding them accountable to the activity of a week. And at the end, you know, being able to say, you won. And I think a lot of times in business, we look, we look a little bit too far down the road, and then we can't catch things quick enough. And so activity in our business generates leads, leads generate loans, and, and we can tell by what's your conversion rate, et cetera. But if we don't understand the activity done by each day, which then compiles to a week, we could get a month down the road and then understand that, oh, <clears throat> we're way off. Uh, and we got to turn around the ship and turning ship around quickly sometimes uh, takes time. But if you knew it soon enough, you could make the correction. And, so so go ahead. What, let, me, let me ask a question. So with activity, so this is something when, when I'm working with, with businesses or even in my own businesses, I always like there there's, so let's use the example of, of a business revenue is a lagging indicator, right? Like, right. like I do work, and the revenue comes in and I'm either happy or I'm sad or I'm in the middle. Right. Mm -hmm. but, but the activity is the leading indicator. Like what behaviors do I need to exhibit today, this week, this month, so that a month from now when the financials come in, I like the revenue number. Hey gang, Darius Mishaza here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. So listen, I know we have a lot of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners out there that listen to the show. And right now, if you're one of those folks and you're doing, let's call it a bare minimum of seven figures and above in your business, then what I'd like to do is give you an offer right now. How would you like to get your hands 
on the frameworks that I actually used to scale my last company, which started off as a small little seven-figure company to over $100 million in annual revenue. And I did it in less than two years, and I did it without costly growing pains, without the headaches that, that you usually experience when you are scaling your businesses. So... If you're one of those folks and you're trying to grow your company, but you're, you're finding yourself stuck in that day-to-day, if you're one of the listeners and you're getting grinded, this is your respite from getting grinded on your business, you're listening to our show, and you're dealing with the breakdowns, you're dealing with inefficiencies, and you know, you've know you got that firefighter suit on and all the problems lying on your desk, and you're, you're not doing the work you're supposed to be doing, which is working on the business instead of in it, then what I'm about to talk to you about for the next call, 60 seconds, this is precisely for you. Real quickly though, if you don't already know this about me, prior to starting The Greatness Machine, I spent 20 years of my life as a founder and CEO of real world companies. And during that time, I actually grew my companies to over $1.2 billion with a B in bootstrap revenue. In fact, uh, we scaled out my last company from 30 to 1,000 employees, and we did it in just 36 months. And we did it all by using a three-step framework that I call my scale map method. So that, of course, brings us to the purpose of this here mid-roll ad. Yes, this is what the podcast producers call these things. Recently, I created a 30-minute training. And what it does is it walks you step-by-step through all of my scale map method frameworks. And you can watch it right now for free when you go to DariusScale.com. That's my first name, Darius. Scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And what these frameworks do is they fix... They simplify and they streamline every single aspect of your business. And they do it without the need for complicated scaling systems that are typically way too difficult and way too time consuming for a busy CEO like you and from my, like myself was to implement. So if you want a simple and you want a proven path to remove yourself from the day-to-day operations, just like I did, so that you can do what you're supposed to be doing, which is leading your company to record growth without the headaches and without the growing pains, go to DariusScale.com. That's www.DariusScale.com. Watch the short video, and I'll see you guys on the inside. Now, back to the show. Wait, wait, what did so what so walk us through in your business like what did what did you guys what activities did you guys start managing to to because it sounds like you were trying to get ahead of it to your point right mm-hmm. so so managing the activity making it creating some structure around it that seemed to be the winning you know combination but what like walk us through that a little bit yeah so you know one of the things that uh, Rick taught me was a form called the greatness tracker which just kind of measured activity so to some it would seem like oh my gosh that that is really truly unbearable or that's so much or that's over the top, but when done right and managing time, right. uh, Many employees manage time wrong and catching that, how they manage their time was we asked them that we want 15 face-to-face or zoom calls. We want three break breads. So anything above bubble gum with a client, we want 75 outbound phone calls, 20 thank you cards, at least a thousand videos out. So it's not a thousand different videos, but you sent in a sense, one video to a thousand different people, whether your database or et cetera. And then we measure leads, deals, and prequels. They would turn that in, coach them every Tuesday and run it through the activity. And then that would be matched to, to the theme. But what I realized was, is that when they first saw that, it was like, oh my gosh, that's way too much. Right. Uh, are you kidding me? So I had to do it. I had to struggle with them. And uh, I was just looking for my greatness tracker. Now I don't see it right here. I'd, sh- I'd show it to you, but we batched it to theme days. 
So what what they did on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and what was the number one thing that they needed to complete for the day? So Monday was Realtor, Tuesday was updates. We were updating our clients of, of the status of the loan. Wednesday's prequal, Thursday's database. So we're connecting to our database by the letter of the alphabet, and that way we could touch our database twice a twice a year. And then uh, Friday's VIP, and we help them create their lists. Uh, help them get their data all put into line. And then it started to be easier. Are we perfect? No. Sometimes we're weak on thank you cards or weak on face-to-faces. And that's that's life. But we're looking for patterns and consistency. And what was what really came about all that over the years is that there's really two things. Either you're not doing the work or your message is wrong. Let's find out which one it is. And now my LOs, it's been really fun and exciting to their team at the end of the day, tell themselves if they won or if they lost Wow! daily. And so and the results have just been like mind boggling, amazing. So, so, I mean, even when you said all those things, I was like, whoa, that's, that's, that's a lot. Did you have people that were like, I'm not doing that and quit? Did you get any of that? I don't think I lost one person. I thought I was gonna. Yeah. I mean, like that was my initial response. I'm like, oh, I wonder if you lost anybody. I think a lot of CEOs, presidents, sales managers think if I implement this, they'll quit me. And actually, I think it's your job. You know, a sheep that gets lost and they got to tie their legs up and haul them back. They listen to, to the, to their master because they're looking for guidance. I think we all run out in the world and then we go, okay, well, where are we going? Yeah. Right. I, I think people need to be guided, but they also need to be shown how. And when you look at, I teach third, third, and third. So a third of your day needs to be in a prospecting role. A third of your day needs to be taking care of your existing. And a third of your day needs to be in the weeds. Does your calendar match the thirds? And in our industry, mo- most uh, go to weeds because it's either that's where they're good at or that's where they feel safe at. And uh, they're like, I have to concentrate on that. Otherwise this stuff doesn't close. And I'm like, who are you? Are you the hunter or are you the cleaner? Cause right. you hunt, we'll clean it. Right. And, and uh, teaching that concept, it took time. I mean, it wasn't like two months in, we got this thing. We all perfected it. It was a gentle transformation. And, and I had said, I remember four or five months ago, I had an AE on a coach call and she goes, I really have a lot of anxiety. I can't fill out this form. I hate this form. I don't even know why you make me do this form. I said, sounds like you work at the wrong company then. What is, was it because that she just didn't want to do the work? Is that She didn't want to do the work. Right. Cause it's, cause it's to your point, like you either the wrong message or you're trying or you don't want to do the work. Do you think that, 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 that this process works for, like, can you literally do you like, do you think that this is any sales process should look like this? This is when you think of a building a sales process or, I mean, cause some businesses it's just like inbound only and you know, you do a little follow up and they either buy or they don't uh, do you, what are your thoughts around this? Cause I mean, I'm, I'm starting to think of different sales processes and wondering, wow, that's obviously a very aggressive approach. How do you think about this for, if you started any business you, in your mind, you're like, yeah, that's the, I wouldn't, I would, this is applicable to any business or does this have to be a certain type of product? 
Well, I think what's happening to this world is we're trying to compete with maybe some huge companies. And I always say, well, quit trying to act like them. And for me or for our size of company, uh, we win by relationship. And I always tell everybody, the phone is relationship, emails for the record. And we, we seem to always be attracted to uh, automation, which I love, and uh, email and working out of email. And I, I believe that no matter what industry you're in, customers don't remember what you say. They only remember the way you make them feel. And uh, you can give them a good warm and fuzzy through an email, uh, no doubt. But you'll never, you'll never dive deep into that relationship. If, if I asked you, um, Darius, what's your favorite hobby? Me, personally? Mm-hmm. M- making pizza. What kind of pizza? Pepperoni. Wow. Like, what kind of cheese would you put with that pepperoni pizza? I like to do a mix of like, uh, there's like a blend of different cheeses, like five actually. Five. So you put five cheeses on a pepperoni pizza, thick or thin crust? Um, medium, actually, in between. Hmm. How long do you bake it for? You know, it depends if I'm baking it on my barbecue or in the oven, but usually maybe between 13 and 20 minutes. Hmm. You can learn a lot about a person by just being curious. And email will never allow that. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like, How long would it take to have that conversation in email? You wouldn't have it. You wouldn't have it. Yeah. And yet we're not curious enough. So whatever industry you're, you're in, I think we need to be more curious, which tightens our relationship, which then makes it easier to do business with you no matter what. We're always selling something. Everyone's like, oh, I'm not a sales guy. I'm like, okay, don't be a sales guy. Be a relationship guy then or girl and, uh, and be you. And don't try to be anyone else because when you are, it's unattractive. Yeah, no, I, I love that. It's like that, that you know, and it, it, it's true. Like there's, you know, sales is the art of persuasion. And we're always trying to enroll people in what, in what what's important for us. Right. And, and to your point, I, I, I always thought about it as, you know, how do I create value for the other person? Right. And if they'll, people buy clear clarity and they'll buy where, where it's valuable for them. Um, I never want someone to buy something from me and say, Oh, why did I pay for this? You know, like, like that, that's, and if, if that's the case, I'm like, just give them their money back. You know, it's like that, yeah. that, that means I, that means I sold the wrong person or I didn't, I wasn't clear enough about what they were getting. So with you, like, obviously this has served you well, you guys have built the, uh, you know, quite a profound business at Windsor, um, under, under Plains Commerce. And, and now, you know, you guys are running quite a big business. I mean, how many employees do you guys have about 600? Yeah, we're just under 600, but go back really quick. I want to make sure that I say this cause you just really inspired me. I think that, uh, really great salespeople are great problem solvers. And yeah. when we can solve people's problems, you can make a difference. And dang it, there's a lot of joy in that. Oh, man. I think it's it's like there's no better feeling than knowing that, at least this is just in my mind, I, I get no better feeling than knowing that I helped make someone either A, a better leader, or B, help their business in some way. You know, So, so then this is just around value creation. And, and to your point, I think salespeople, business people, it doesn't matter, CEO, entrepreneur, it's, you know, I always say like, you know, it's a value creation process, right? And there's a quote I heard the other day. It says, if you, you know, where it's essentially, if you want to go far, you know, you know, you need to help other people go far, right? Mm-hmm. And the farther you, you know, you'll get what you want if you help create value in other people's lives. So 
kind of feel like what what that's the approach you've taken, but you've systematized it through this learnings through your other coach. And now you've, I mean, if, but let me ask you a question though, because obviously you've learned a lot from, you know, working with Rick, but you know, my, my guess is, and I don't, you know, we don't talk too much about this part of your business. You, you and I work more on the, on the organizational side, the, the enterprise side, but what have you brought of your own to that? Because my, my assumption is, is that you've actually created your own process within that process and you've optimized his process. What, how have you, how have you, you know, I don't want to undermine what, what Rick does, but my question for you is how have you made, made it your own or what changes have you brought to it to make it even better? Yeah, I think you made me more effective. Uh, actually, giving you credit was working on the org chart. Uh, really diving into an org chart is, was something that maybe wasn't my, isn't, isn't my talent. But really diving into that, better quarterly uh, meetings you've taught me. Um, as, far as, as far as anything that I've like tweaked or changed, look, I, I wish I could say that I've come up with a bunch of amazing ideas on my own, Darius, but... I'm just a damn good Xerox machine. <laughs> uh, I watch people do things and I'm like, I got that. Uh, I like that. I like this. And then I put it together. I, I really like, uh, we worked hard on a playbook uh, and creating a playbook with scripting and, and how to get a referral. I think asking for a referral, it's always baffled me. It's always baffled me that when you go to this, like we have shields, it's, it's a, the coolest store it has everything from guns to amazing clothing, shoes, and they have everything. And uh, it's kind of boutique-ish. And it just baffles me that this high school kid always asked me if I would uh, use my Shields card. And I say no. And they said, would you like one? And every single time I go to that store, that kid asks. Different kid. They always ask. And I says, here you are, highly paid salespeople. And yet it is so hard for you to ask somebody for help. And I've always asked my, I always tell the story of my wife. We were broke. I'm selling cars. I come home. The Schwans, that guy had been there and the freezer is completely full. And I go, oh my gosh, did your mom bless us with uh, all this food? She goes, oh no, 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 no. The Schwans guy was in a contest and he asked if I could help him. <laughs> You see, people love to help people, yeah. but we forget that. And so, you know, we've really implemented uh, looking for keywords of a compliment or something back or a positive vibe and then going in and asking for a referral. And I would say that has really, really been a difference, a dip made a difference in our company by simply just asking for help, but not overdoing it. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, I love that, man. So, you know, I want to fast forward, you know, right now you're, you know, you, obviously you've, you've built a, a pretty profound business. You guys are, you know, you guys are doing really well, you know, fast forward to, I don't know, 10 years from now, right now it's 2022, it's 2032. What, 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 what is, what does Chris Vincent want to see? Like, what are you, what are you trying to create? You know, when we talk about creating greatness in the world. Hmm. I think, I think it's about building more of a, it's less about myself and more about everyone else. It's about helping the youth grow, grow up and teaching our industry, making a difference in our community. You know, I think the older you get and then you look fast forward. And one thing that really hit me, which was, what do I want him to say at my funeral? Yeah. Uh, he was a hardworking guy, drove people 
nuts, but I really sold a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want that at my funeral. And um, I think that I'm really diving into, I feel like my goals are changing, uh, uh, how I'm looking at things and in helping and developing the youth to the next level. I watched a lot of companies not develop the youth quick enough and their staff, their 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 executives, their sales staff grew grew old with them and they never brought up the youth underneath them. And I, I call it, maybe it's wrong, but I say, you got, we got to make babies, which in a sense is duplicating the really good employees that you have. And you have to have that bench ready. You know, Patrick Mahomes came off the draft, sat in there, and then on the very last game that didn't make a difference, he stepped in, played against Denver, and everybody is like, who is that? They developed him. And when he was ready, he got to go out and play. And and that's kind of like my next goals for the next 10 years. As far as me personally, I'd be making it up. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm having a blast right now. I'm yeah. having a lot of fun. It's challenging. It's exciting to get up in the morning. And when it's not exciting to get up in the morning, I'll make a change. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge, man. That's well, there's a, are you familiar with Ray Dalio? You're, you're, mm-hmm. so he's uh he he's uh, i can't remember the name of his company it's bridgewater or something like that but he's like this really famous hedge fund guy he, he wrote a couple of books so he has a book called principles which is a, a, a kind of a famous book and um in the book there's a I, I read half of it and then left the book on an airplane like a few years ago <laughs> and so i'm rereading it right now but um he calls it the good struggle right mm-hmm. and he said you know if you look at like he said, look, let, let's he'll use an example. Say, like, I'll take someone who's like at the top of their game, and then you know, like an actress or an actor or like an athlete or just anyone, right? Business person, and all of a sudden you hear like that they'll, you know, for lack of better words, let's use like Anthony Bourdain, they'll commit suicide, right? And you're like, you're like, wow, like what that guy has everything. How is it possible? And and, and he and what ends up happening is that thing that maybe got them going you know and obviously suicide is a really extreme example but but they're not feeling purpose they're not feeling the challenge of life and we need we need purpose right and that comes through a little bit of struggle right because we need to struggle to create something that feels purposeful but at the same time you see these people who have it all but they're unhappy or they're depressed or they're they because they, they don't have that good struggle happening in their life. And so I always keep that in mind when, you know, I feel like struggles in a nice um, spectrum and I want, I want to be in the middle. I want to have just mm-hmm. enough challenge where it feels hard, but I feel like I'm accomplishing something, mm-hmm. uh, but not so much where I'm like getting the crap beat out of me. And I'm like, this is too hard. And, <laughs> you know, like, like to your point earlier where you're like, you, sometimes you fail and it's the best thing that ever happened to you. It might've been better had you not failed so badly. Right. But you've got a little taste of the failure just to like learn the lesson. I'm like you though, by the way, when you said that, you're like, I have to kind of get beat up and I got to fail in order to get it right. Like, I'm like, man, I hate that about myself. I always have to fail hard. And then I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. And then I'm going to do it better. But, but yeah, what do you think about that? The good struggle? Like, like I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on, on this idea of the good struggle. Yeah. I'm just like, how can I coach that? That's like what's going through my mind. I think that the good struggle is is an amazing topic, especially for our industry now. With you know, interest rates went from two to four, and and uh, you know, there's no listings, and 
Um, I think I think uh, the best are going through the good struggle, and uh, the ones that don't have an infrastructure are uh, going through the major struggle, and uh, they're probably questioning: uh, Is this for me? Can I survive? Can I? When's this ever going to change? And and a good struggle to me, Darius, means that you're going through a struggle, but you have a plan and a vision. Yeah. And a bad struggle is you have no plan and you don't know where the frick to go. And that's a scary part in anyone's life. Yeah, man. And a good struggle is you're like, yeah, this is going to hurt, but I'll make it through it. Yeah. I love that, man. You just, you just, I've got goosebumps off that because it's, it's true, man. Having that vision and having that plan, then, then, then the, the four letter word of hope comes in. I, mm. I just got to keep showing up, doing the work. And eventually that outcome is going to happen. Cause I can see, I can see that light at the end of the tunnel. It's, 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 that's so smart, man. Um, gosh, what a, I, I'm so happy that you came on the show. This is so that's fun. Right. Um, People that want to connect with you. And, and well, before we go there, I just have one last question for you. Yeah. Um, and, and sorry, I jumped the gun on that because I did that. The question was in my head and then you got me inspired by what you said. You know, when I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are thinking, man, I want to create a sales organization that's that organized and does that stuff. Like what's the first step you would recommend for someone that wants to, to take that leap and, and, and go from having this, you know, struggle in sales to having this where my salespeople come in or my, my organization comes in and wins every day. Like what, 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 what best piece of advice would you give them? I think I believe everybody needs a coach. Number one, number two is, uh, don't reinvent the wheel. Go copy someone. I love site visits. I love one time I got a plane. I put all my executive staff on that plane and we visited 10 companies and we dissected everything that we learned from all those 10 companies and brought back a plan. I think that I think that either you're a good implementer or you need somebody that can help you implement. Yeah. And many people have great ideas, but then they just never follow through because implement is just not their gift. So find someone that is. Find someone that can implement. And it's not and don't be scared. Uh, I found that most people in the end would tell you, I hate being held accountable. But after they get into the process, they're like, I love it. Yeah. And there's a sense of accomplishment that happens. It's like, it's like anything, you, you know, what's it I need to be more held accountable for is getting on the scale every day. But because I hate that sucker, I won't get on it. And cause I know it's going to say something bad <laughs> and, uh, and I'm at a bad spot when I think that. Right. So I'm like, no, nope. I'm going to weigh myself every day and it's going to pop me in the mouth and eventually I'll have to make the difference. And, and I think that a lot of people want to create this uh, goals and goals are no good without systems. And so creating a sales type culture, uh, uh, go out, find the best systems to accomplish the goal that you want and then go manage to it. And it's not emotional. Uh, I think a lot of people make it too emotional and they, and they let all that emotion get in the way and then they end up not doing it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think that the other part that that you just kind of touched on is that people love, people want structure and accountability, right? That they, 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 they want, they want to, because structure and accountability makes them feel safe. 
right? And so you as a leader have that opportunity to bring that to them. But to your point, work with you in your strengths. If you don't have the implementer, bring it in and you got to start somewhere. And you know, the other thing I think that you did that, that was really smart that maybe other folks don't want to do. And I actually just told this to somebody the other day. Is I said, look, you go show the way, you know, you go do it. And because if you just give them the, the book and say, hey, go read this and you haven't read it yourself. You, what do you expect the outcome is going to be? I can tell you what the outcome is going to be. They're going to be like, yeah, I'm not doing it because it takes what? Three weeks, six, six weeks to create a new habit. This is a big habit you're trying to change. So you got to take it one bite of the elephant at a time. And I think the smartest thing that you, you, you did in, in regard to launching this structure in your business was you went and did it. And then they're like, they can't say, oh, he wants us to do all this. <laughs> no one's going to say that because they're like, yeah. he's doing it. He's doing it himself. So he's eating his own dog food. You know, so. showing them, showing them helps. So here's mine. Yeah. What, what are you going to, it was funny. I, I had this business in 2008. This was like in the height of the market being terrible. <laughs> I, I was trying to make money. So I started a debt settlement business. Oh, where yeah. we were like going, remember this, this was really popular. So I was, I, so I, I like literally started from scratch. It was called the, the debt store. It was the debt store.com. And so like literally I have my mortgage company and then like I'm within the mortgage company, I have this debt business that I started from the ground up and I, and it was me and two other salespeople and I was giving them leads and I was taking leads and I was doing, I was eating my own dog food, right? All day long. I'm, and every time, <laughs> every time I made a sale, I'd run out on the sales floor and scream, boom, ka-ching. <laughs> I've always wanted a gong. <laughs> with a, you know, with a big deal, and I just boom, boom. You know, there's a there's a company out in Orange County, the, the lender. They do that. I think whenever they get like a broker package in, they hit the gong. You should do it, man. I, I, I'm, I, think, I'm, I think I'm gonna implement that. I'm all for it. And listen, people like theatrics. That's right. <laughs> you're and you're you're a, you're a theatrical type of guy, so I, I think you can, you can totally pull that off. <laughs> oh man, listen. Um, what, so this was more fun than I thought it would be. And I knew it would be a lot of fun. So thank you for coming, brother. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Love this, it. Yeah, this is great. Um, where, so where can people hook up with you? I know that you know you guys got a lot of stuff going on. What's the best way for people to, to, to hook up if they want to learn more about Windsor, um, what you got going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, WindsorMortgage.com or PlainsCommerceBank.com. Um, they're both, in a sense, both companies. If you're like, hey, Chris, I'm thinking about getting a coach. I'm not sure. Uh, I'd love to have that conversation with you. Uh, I can tell you some of the things that I struggled with. Hey, I'm the guy I hated being told what to do in the beginning. I didn't want to submit. And then finally, after I did submit, I saw great results. Uh, but yeah, if I could ever help anyone, uh, I, I, uh, well, I just love it. And, uh, I think it's, uh, you doing even this podcast and how much you've helped me and how much you've helped others, uh, that inspires me as well. So, um, thank you, Darius. Mr. Vinson, it's always a pleasure. And until next time. Until next time. <laughs> guys, we'll see you guys later. We got some more shows coming up. Peace out. We love you. Thank you, Chris Vinson. You the man. Thank you. See ya. <laughs> you are listening to the greatness machine and that's a wrap for today listen 
If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.